No matter what happens in the world, God is still in control, a very present help in times of trouble. Let Dr. David Jeremiah help you start each day renewed and refreshed with his new yearly devotional called Strength for Today. This beautiful leather soft book features short readings reminding you to hold tight to God's faithfulness and find wisdom from God's Word. Receive Strength for Today in appreciation for your gift this month. Learn more at davidjeremiah.ca. Has anyone ever encouraged you to be fearful? Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah is about to do just that as he takes a closer look at the special kind of fear every believer should experience, the fear of the Lord. Wrapping up the series, What Are You Afraid Of? with some biblical encouragement to be fearful, here's David to introduce the conclusion of his message, Deity, the Fear of God. Well, friends, it's a wonderful thing uh, to get the Bible's perspective on life, God's perspective on life. God does not want you to be afraid of him in the sense that you're scared. Of course, unless you're doing things you shouldn't do, and then you should fear God in that way, perhaps. But what God wants more than anything else is your reverence, your awe, your respect. Uh, And when you fear God in that way, when you see God in his righteousness, what Isaiah said, when he saw the Lord high and lifted up, he cried out, woe is me, for I am undone. When you see God in all of his holiness, there's a kind of a overwhelming sense of not dread, but awe and reverence and fear. The Bible says that spirit, that, that attitude, that assumption about God is the pathway to wisdom. If you want to know what to do when you never had to make a decision about it before you need wisdom, God is the source of wisdom, and the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. There you go, a good formula to begin your day. Well, we're going to finish up our discussion of this subject and of this series right now. We'll open our Bibles again, our hearts again, Today we are talking about deity, the fear of God. Let me ask you, what is he doing today that should inspire such awe and fear in us? We could make such a list, but I want to focus on one thing. If you wonder why we should be in fear of God because of what he is doing, let me just say one word, forgiveness. Psalm 130, verses 3 and 4 read like this. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you. Now watch this. That you may be feared, that we may hold you in awe. These verses remind us that if we confess our sin he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and some of us were forgiven of our sin when we were born again so many years ago that we have forgotten and we no longer allow ourselves to wonder in this truth that a holy god who was 100 percent righteous with no flaw in him could accept us through the simple process of his forgiveness and i am forgiven I am a sinner like all of you, but I am a forgiven sinner. Only two kinds of sinners, those who are forgiven and those who are not. And forgiveness has been made available to all of us if we will just accept it. And it comes right from the heart of Almighty God. It is the great work he is doing today. And when we hear these testimonies, 
of people whose lives have been changed, and we listen to what they are saying and, and how they are saying it and how God brought them through a process, and now they are Christians and their whole life has been changed and they're in a whole new direction from where they once were. This life-transforming thing is called forgiveness, and it's the work God is doing among us today. It's the great work of God, your forgiveness and mine. Before I go on to the last part of this message, I want to answer a question that sometimes people ask. And that is, how can I love God and fear him at the same time? Because the scripture seems to say that we cannot do that. 1 John 4, 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. The Bible tells us that we're to fear God and we're to love God, and they're not in conflict at all. This verse reminds us that when we truly know the fear of God, we will understand the love of God, and when we truly know the love of God, we will understand the fear of God. They are not mutually exclusive, only in our own minds. And I remember reading a story some years ago from C.S. Lewis in his tale, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, that helped me with this. Listen to this story. Aslan, the great lion who symbolizes Christ, is confronted by a group of children. He is no cuddly fairy tale animal, for they are told that few can stand before him without their knees knocking. And one of the children asks, then he isn't safe? And Mrs. Beaver, who knows the lion well, replies that he isn't safe, but he's good. He is a mighty king, a fearsome and loving one, and when the children meet the lion, their fear is nothing like the quaking, unmitigated terror that some people have. Lewis tells us that people often think that a thing cannot be good and terrible at the same time. If the children had ever thought so, they were cured of it now. And we need also, he wrote, to be cured of our weak conceptions of a tame and innocuous God, a God with all the power to bless, but none to terrify. Because deep down in our hearts, we all want a God we can fear. We want him to be a powerful God, an overcoming father, one who has the power to keep us safe and who loves us with the fury of a lion. Yes, you can love and fear at the same time. Do you know how I know that? I loved my father, and I was afraid of my father. Not scared like I thought he might do me bodily harm, although I knew he could if I didn't behave. But I remember my father telling me, we had a couple of cardinal rules in our family. I only violated one once, and I never did it again. My father said, you will not ever speak disrespectfully to your mother. You speak disrespectfully to your mother, and you will hear from me. What he should have said was, you will feel me. <laughs> I did it once, never did it again. Never did it again. Good lesson. I loved my father, but I held him in a kind of respect and awe 
I knew he was in charge. I knew he loved me, but he had some things that we did in our family. And we did them. And of course, I lived with that same thing some of you did with, your father's going to hear about this when he gets home. You remember that little line? Yeah, well, that was like the trump card you played in our family when you said your father's going to hear about this when he gets home. So it's possible to love God and fear him. And we should understand that there's no conflict between these two emotions. It is because we fear him that we love him. And it's because we love him that we fear him. Now, when I told you at the front of this message that this doctrine was kind of overwhelming to me, here's where I'm going with that. I just was not aware of how many places in the Bible we are given promises if we will fear God. I mean, I can only give you a few, and there are many. Let me just give you some of the ones that are kind of at the top. These are things the Bible says will be ours if we learn how to fear God and hold Him in esteem as we are called to do. First of all is the promise of provision. Here's the verse. Psalm 34, 9 and 10. Oh, fear the Lord, you His saints. There is no want to those who fear Him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. The Bible says if you fear God, He provides for you. Number two, the promise of protection. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear Him, on those who hope in His mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. When you fear God, He protects you. The promise of purity. Psalm 103, verses 12 and 13. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us, as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. 2 Corinthians 7, 1. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. According to these verses, godly fear is a necessary ingredient to sanctification. The fear of God is not only the key to our knowledge of God, it is essential to our maturity as believers. If we do not have a healthy awe and fear of God, we cannot grow. We can never be mature. We will always be like little children. But when we understand who He is, it inspires in us a desire to know him more and to love him better and to grow in our relationship with him. The promise of provision and protection and purity. Here's one some of you will like, the promise of prosperity. Psalm 128, 1 through 4. Once again, watch for the fear word. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you eat the labor of your hands, you will be happy and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house, your children like olive plants all around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. This teaches us that you can have a God-fearing family. I grew up in a God-fearing family. And you know what? I learned how 
to have a God-fearing family. So my family is a God-fearing family, and I'm watching my kids, and they're building God-fearing families. The Bible tells us that when you fear the Lord, He prospers you, and it's not just financial things, but He prospers you in the well-being that we all seek for our lives. Here's the next one, and this one I put at the top of the list, but I don't want to do this just for myself. This is the promise of prolonged days. The fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. (laughs) The Bible says, and this is a principle, a general principle, like we find in the Psalms and in the Proverbs, that generally speaking, those who fear the Lord have longer, more productive lives. You say, well, I know somebody who died. Don't give me that. I know all that too. But what I'm saying is that in the long run, over the long haul, if you fear the Lord, what happens if you fear the Lord? Well, you don't ruin your body with alcohol and drugs and promiscuity and all of that, and so you're just going to live longer. It also says that God blesses those who fear him. This is pretty exciting stuff. Provision, protection, purity, prosperity, prolonged days, And here's a word some of you have never heard before, but I'm going to give it to you anyway because it starts with a P. (laughs) Perpetuity. Do you know what that means? That means the continuation of something into the generations that go forward. Remember I told you that if you have a God-fearing family, you will create God-fearing families going forward? It's right out of the Scripture. Listen to this. Deuteronomy 5.29. Oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and always keep all my commandments, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Psalm 103:17. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. Men and women, when we fear God, we create an environment in which our children grow up so that when they go out of our home to start their own home, they create families that fear God, who then create other families that fear God. We can do this if we follow the Word of God. And the key is our attitude toward God Himself when we fear Him. Now, these are only samplings that are in the Bible. If you want to have some fun... Go to your concordance and look up the fear of the Lord or the fear of God and write out every verse that you find. You will be so blessed you won't know what to do with yourself. And the question then comes as to how do we learn to fear the Lord? Is fearing the Lord something that you are born with or do you learn it? Well, let me suggest to you from the scriptures that I have found, this is something we can learn. In fact, it was taught in the Bible when we begin to understand the blessings that can be ours by fearing God, we will want to begin doing it. And it is possible to learn how to fear God. The Bible tells us we can do that. And here's some verses that will help you understand what I mean. Deuteronomy 4.10. Here we are told that God told Moses to bring the people together and instructed Moses like this. Gather the people to me and I will let them hear my words that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live on the earth and that they may teach their children. Sort of sounds like you can learn this, doesn't it? 
King David wrote in his Psalms, Come, you children, and listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Psalm 86.11 says, Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Did you know that this is something I didn't know before? I guess I read over this, and maybe in the back of my mind I knew it, but this really hit me. Did you know that every king who took the throne of Israel was required to learn the fear of the Lord? Do you know how they did it? This is unbelievable. Deuteronomy 17, 18 to 20. Listen to this. It shall be when he sits on the throne of his kingdom that he shall write for himself a copy of this law in a book from the one before the priests and the Levites. And it shall be with him, and he shall read it all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God and be careful to observe all the words of this law and these statutes, that his heart may not be lifted up above his brethren, that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, and that he may prolong the days of his kingdom, he and his children, in the midst of Israel. They didn't have printing presses in the Old Testament. They had hand copies of the law. And the Bible says when a man came to be the king, he had to go and sit down with the copy of the law that was belonging to the priests and the Levites, and he had to write it out handwise so he had his own handwritten copy of what we would call the Bible. Something happens when you write something down. It gets out of your mind and into your heart. It flows from your mind through your arm into your fingers, and when you put it down on paper, it somehow gets into your heart. When I am studying and I get a block and I can't really understand what, I will just sit down with my computer and I'll just type out the whole passage. I've typed out many, many passages in the Word of God. Something happens when you do that. The Word of God gets into you. And here the Bible says that whenever a man came to leadership in Israel, in order for him to qualify, first of all, he had to write out the Old Testament in his own handwriting, and then the Bible says he had to read it every day. And it says, and when you do this, will keep you from getting proud, and it will keep you from being lifted up and thinking you're something special. And you'll be able to lead the people in integrity. Yeah, you can learn the fear of the Lord. You know how you learn it? You learn it in this book. You read this book. You study it. You prepare for it. You ask God to help you understand it. And the more you give yourself to this, the more you come to an understanding who God is and the more you fear him. How do we learn to fear God? Like the hopeful king, we begin reading and obeying God's word. Psalm 111, verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. And do you know, here was another thing they established in the Old Testament. Sounds like a good idea to me. Did you know that every seven years they had a fear of the Lord conference? And they gathered everybody together and had a refresher on the fear of the Lord. I didn't make this up. This is in the Bible. Deuteronomy 31, 12, and 13. Gather the people together, men and women and little ones, and the stranger who is within your gates, that they may hear and that they may learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully observe all the words of this law, and that their children who have not known it may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land which you cross the Jordan to possess. They had to have this little thing happen every seven years in Israel. Every seven years they had a fear God conference. 
And Solomon, after he had finished writing the book of Ecclesiastes and had experimented with all the wisdom of the world that he could find and kept coming up with the phrase, and it's all vanity, and it's all vanity, and it's not meaningful. And you remember Solomon was writing the book of Solomon as if there were no God trying to find out meaning in life without God in the picture. He gets all the way to the end of it, and he comes up with this summary. Listen to this, you guys. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. The last words that a man speaks before his death are often considered highly significant. With that in mind, consider the last words of David, the king. 2 Samuel 23, verse 3. He who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. And the final words of Joshua. Now therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. Did you ever dream the Bible had this much to say about fearing God? My goodness. Maybe it's the secret we've missed. Maybe it's the thing we've lost. Maybe we haven't understood that if God wants to bless us, we have to learn how to fear God and hold Him in reverence and read His words so that we can come to know Him better. I haven't time to tell you the stories, but if you go back in history to the great revivals that have moved this nation back toward God, they have always had an element of the fear of God in them. When Jonathan Edwards would preach sinners in the hands of an angry God, the history books tell us that people would quake they would cry out in fear. They would kneel down in the middle of streets and cry out to God in repentance. And God brought this nation back to its knees and back to an understanding of who he is. Yes, it is possible to love God and fear God. It is possible to know God in this incredible way. The God who is awesome and the God who loves us so much that he gave his son to be our savior. You know what, I'm so amazed because I came out of this study realizing my God is much greater than I even thought. He's so wonderful. He's so marvelous, this God we serve. And we need to learn how to live in fear of him in the biblical way. Amen. Well, I can't tell you um, how blessed I have been to host this series on hope because I know so many of you needed the truth of the Word of God that we have shared during this time. If this has been an encouragement and a blessing to you, helped you in some specific way, we'd love to hear about it. All you have to do is drop us a note and let us know. Uh, we take all of these notes seriously. We don't get a chance to read every single one, but we read an awful lot of them. And we're reminded when we do that the David Jeremiah is not the answer, Turning Point's not the answer, but God is the answer. His Word is the answer. And we're simply the channels through which the Word gets to you uh, on radio and on television. So grateful for the opportunity we have to minister to you, especially during these days. If you haven't done so already, you can get the book from which this series uh, originated. It's a book called Hope, Living Fearlessly in a Scary World. 
gives you all of the information uh, from all of the messages you have heard, um, all of the small points, all of the stories, all of the bibliography, all of the footnotes, all of it in this book, and it's available for a gift of any size during these final days in the month of March. If you haven't already sent your gift, be sure to do it today. When you send your gift, ask for your copy of the book on hope, and we'll send it to you right away. You'll get it before you know it. Now, we're going to take a break for the weekend, and then next week, we're going to start getting ready for Easter. And on Monday and Tuesday of next week, we're going to talk about the crucifixion. You don't know that Easter is coming. Oh, yes, it's early this year. Seems to be anyway, and we want to make sure our hearts are prepared and ready to appreciate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, starting on Monday, a whole week of teaching in preparation for Easter. Until then, this is David Jeremiah. I hope you know how much it means to us to have this privilege to talk with you every day. And if you want more information to encourage you, please go to our website, which is davidjeremiah.org, and there you will find that you can also get a magazine that comes out every month. You can get that magazine sent to you uh, as soon as the next issue comes off the press. If you'd like to have it, we'd like to send it to you. A lot of information in there to help you in your walk with the Lord and help you grow into Christ-likeness. We'll see you next time right here on This Good Station. Today's message originated from Shadow Mountain Community Church and senior pastor, Dr. David Jeremiah. We'd love to know how Turning Point is touching your life. So please write us at Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, Delta BC, V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's encouraging new book, Hope, Living Fearlessly in a Scary World. Stop letting fear hold you back. The book is yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your favorite smart devices or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries for instant access to our programs and resources. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us Monday as Dr. Jeremiah begins a series of special messages for Easter week right here on Turning Point. Dear friend, I'm Dr. David Jeremiah, and I'd like to take a moment to speak with you as the world faces the coronavirus pandemic. There is no question we are living in a time of unprecedented uncertainty. It is unlike anything I have experienced in my whole life. And the temptation in times like these is to allow fear and worry to creep into our thoughts and to rob us of our joy. But in these uncertain times, we need to remember that God is still in control. And my prayer for you is that you are healthy, you're in a safe place and surrounded by those you love. Please keep the ministry of Turning Point in your prayers as well. We will continue to bring the healing power of God's Word to you each day on radio, television, and online. And I really hope this will be a source of encouragement to you during the current coronavirus. So be safe, be in the Word, and be in prayer. I have heard it said that the man who never does anything he doesn't like rarely likes anything he does. Did you catch that? Let's face it. Life is filled with mundane, non-exciting tasks that aren't much fun. So we need to figure out how to like even the things we don't like doing. 
I think the secret is gratitude. Instead of disliking yard work, we could be grateful for having a house with the yard to care for. And the Apostle Paul said we should learn to give thanks in all things. When we do, we will find reasons to like almost all of it. This is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's reasons for gratitude on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. Route 66, start your journey home today. Thank you.